we have a special treat uh, today. This is uh, one of our special days. And if you have been looking at the newsletter, you already know. I don't have to tell you. But what we're going to do, we're going to go through our confession, and then we're going to bring our speaker up. And so let's, uh, let's bring up our confession for the word of God. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I love this part. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. Let me pause right there. If you mess up at any time in your Christian walk, it's okay because we consistently confess our deliverance. That God is going to hook us up and help us out. Amen. And then we commit to serve creatively. And finally, we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed us your word. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and make some noise. Amen. This is Elect Lady Sunday, so we're going to bring her up and have her come. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to see everybody. And first, I'm going to start um, with the word of prayer. <clears throat> Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for these, your great people, God. Father God, we want you to move and have your absolute way. Have your way in this place, God. I don't know the needs of the people, Father, but you do. And Father, I surrender my will to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me get situated here. And um, I'm going to tell you how I came about this word. I was praying and asking the Lord. I said, Lord, looks like since the pandemic, looks like we're going kind of backwards. And uh, I said, there's so much violence, so much anger. People are just um, easily set off. And I said, Father, to me, since the pandemic, it looks like we should be so grateful, so thankful that God spared our lives. Many people lost their lives all over the globe, all over the world. They lost their lives due to a virus that we can't even see. And I said, Lord, what should we do? And I had this dream. And in the dream, I was uh, trying to wake the people up. And I was trying to tell them, you don't have to take that. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. And it looked like they were just kind of lackadaisical. And then I got this big megaphone, and I was telling them, 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. And so the Lord gave me this word and the word is not so. Repeat that after me. Not so. And we have to tell the devil, not so. Devil, not today, not tomorrow, not next week, not on my watch. Hallelujah. So we're going to go to the first scripture, and I'm going to um, read just to uh, expedite time. And the scripture's coming from Psalms verse 107, verses 1 through 2. And it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That means it lasts for eternity. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm also going to read that same scripture in the common English version. Contemporary English. And it says, shout praises to the Lord. He is good to us and his love never fails. Everyone the Lord has rescued from trouble should praise him. Now, isn't that true? All of us can look on our lives and look how God has brought us through this situation, that situation, this circumstance or the other. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to define the word redeem. It means having been saved or delivered from sin or its consequences. And I know for me, God has delivered me from a lot of things. Amen. And I have learned in my life that we have to speak our own deliverance to prevent the enemy from wreaking havoc in our lives. When something goes against the grain of what we believe in or against God's word, we got to take a stand and say, not so. We must use the power and the authority that God has already given us. Each of us has power and authority. And we must use our mouths to activate the word of God because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And I heard C.C. Uh, Winans say something that really blessed me. She said, Whitney Houston called her. Whitney was her dear friend. And she said, Whitney called me and she said, girl, I want you to do a music video with me. And she said, I know you're not going to do it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. And so Cece thought about it. She said, well, let me hear the words. And the song was, I'm Every Woman. And so after Cece listened to the words, she said, girlfriend, I can't do that. Because some of the words in the song, she said, didn't agree with her spirit. And some of it was kind of demonic. And she said, we get caught up in listening to the words and listen to the beat of the song. And we don't listen to the words. And sometimes that word, the words in the song will taint your spirit. But all Whitney was, I mean, all Cece was saying is, not so. I can't do that. That don't align up with what God is calling me to do. And that's why Cece Wines is so anointed today. 
because she said, not so. Amen. And I remember years ago, this was back in 1983. My son, Jonathan, was about 10 months old. And I was working in the emergency room. I was busy doing this, that, and the, and, and the other. And um, when I picked him up from the babysitter and brought him home, I noticed his breathing. His breathing wasn't right. And I kept watching him. So I took him out to ER. They did blood work. They did uh, x-rays. And when they came back, they told me, they said, he's got asthmatic bronchitis. And all the way home, I said, Lord, I think my prayer was kind of selfish. But I said, Lord, I cannot have an asthmatic child. I will not have an asthmatic child. Now, see, to some of you guys, you may think, well, asthma is not that big. It's not that bad. But see, I worked in the yard. I've seen people. I've seen children. I've known a lot of people that have died from an asthmatic attack. And I said, Jesus, I don't want that. And see, at that time, I didn't have as much word in me as I had now. But I just used my little mustard seed faith. And I said, Lord, I want you to heal this baby. And guess what? God did. Jonathan is the eatingest child I've got. And now he's 39 years old, and he has never had an asthmatic attack from that day to this one. So God be the glory. Hallelujah. But see, I dare to say, not so. You can't allow the enemy to bring everything to your plate, and you just take it. And see, my nature, I'm not the type that's going to roll over and play dead. I'm going to put up a fight. Amen. What about you? Can you tell the enemy, not so? Amen. Let's go to the scripture. And I'm going to read this from the uh, contemporary English version. And some of you may not have heard, heard of this, but it's in the Bible, guys. Zalafahed was from the Manasseh tribe, and he had five daughters whose names were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza. One day, his daughters went to the sacred tent where they met with Moses, Eleazar, and some other leaders of Israel, as well as a large crowd of Israelites the young women said, you know that our father died in the desert, but it was for something he did, not for joining with Korah in rebelling against the Lord. Our father left no sons. Now here's the situation. These were five girls. They were bold. They were courageous. And they were honorable. And their daddy died in the wilderness. And when they were saying, they said, our dad was a good father. He died in the wilderness because of his own sins. And he wasn't with the group that was with Korah. Korah was a group that came against Moses. They thought they were rebelling against Moses, but they were really rebelling against God. And so God allowed an earthquake to come 
and swallow up Korah and all his group. And so the girls were telling Moses, they said, we, our dad didn't do anything um, to come against you. What he did was of his own accord. And so they were asking God for the possession that they for the inheritance that their dad had. Let's read on. We want to carry on our family name, but why should his name die out for that reason? Give us some land like the rest of the relatives in our clan so our father's name can live on. These girls were saying, we want to carry on the legacy of our father. We need some land. And see, at that time, men did everything and the inheritance and the, everything went to the man. But that they didn't, the man didn't have any sons. So these girls were brave. They went up to Moses. They were young. They went up to the people in, in Israel and said, we want to advocate for our father. We want to carry on his legacy. Amen. Let's read on. Moses asked the Lord, what should be done? And the Lord answered, Zelophehad's daughters are right. They should each be given a part of the land their father would have received. And see, this was unprecedented. Moses had never had anybody to come to him asking about land. And so he said, I got to go to God for this one. I'm going to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord told him, these girls are right. And see, these girls were advocating for their father. They were advocating to carry on his legacy. They wanted property. And the Lord told them, he said, give each, each of them a portion of the land. Let's read on. And the Lord said, tell the Israelites that when a man dies without a son, his daughter will inherit his land. So these girls, this is the first uh, time in scripture where women advocated for their rights. These were young women. They went before Moses. Moses was an old man. And I'm sure they were probably afraid, but they were standing up for what they believed in. Amen. And these girls said, not so. And they changed the course of history because that law still stands today. Amen. All right. Let's go to the next scripture. Now I'm going to a New Testament um, scripture. Uh, and this is about the woman taken in adultery. And I like the King James Version, so that's the version we're going to use today. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst. Now this is the scene. Jesus was in the temple teaching. And here come these scribes. And they set a woman right here in the midst. Interrupting his teaching. 
You know, I don't know who they thought they were, but they could go interrupt the king of kings and the Lord of lords and say, this woman taken in adultery. Let's move on. They said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, this scripture has always kind of baffled me because these is church folks, the scribes and the Pharisees. And they say she was t- caught in the very act. And Sister Mitchell want to know what you doing there. The scripture don't say that. But I'm saying, what you doing there? Do you have a peeping Tom spirit? Uh, what's really going on? Okay, let's read on. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? Now these people saying, Moses says stoner, but Jesus, what are you going to do? Okay, let's read on. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. And what uh, intrigues me about this is these scribes and Pharisees, they weren't even concerned about the woman. They were just making her a spectacle. What they really wanted to do was to trip Jesus up and see if Jesus was going to obey the law of Moses. But Jesus just stood down and started writing. And something else that I believe, Jesus didn't look at the woman. I believe that he kind of turned his back to the woman because the people had already humiliated her. She's standing. You don't know if she was scantily clad. You don't know what she had on. And all these people staring at her. She was already embarrassed, already ashamed. And uh, something else about this, they didn't say nothing about the man. It take two to commit adultery. They let the man go scot-free. But they're going to drag the woman, interrupt his Bible study, drag the lady before Jesus. But it said Jesus just started writing. Started writing in the ground. And he was writing with his finger. And some theologians say that he was writing out their sins. But there's really no validity to that. But let me tell you what I think he was writing. I think when he started writing, he said, didn't I tell you to love your neighbor like you love yourself and to love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength? I think he wrote over here, didn't I tell you, do not judge, judge not that you be not judged. Because with the same measure you judge somebody else, I'm going to judge you. I think he wrote over here. And he said, didn't I tell you, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. But these people were breaking peace. Over here, he said, he was writing and he said, all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I think he went over here again and he said, didn't I tell you that love covers a multitude of faults and sins? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next scripture. So they continued asking him. And he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. And so what they did, they kept taunting Jesus. They said, Jesus, I know you hear us. What you going to do now? What is he writing anyway? And they just kept taunting him. Then Jesus got up and told him, you that's without sin, you cast the first, first stone and get the biggest rock you can find. And Jesus started writing again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go to the next verse. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Amen. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. These scribes and Pharisees, they got so convicted in their heart, in their own conscience. Because they all knew they had some skeletons in their closet too. And they couldn't rightfully throw a stone at nobody. Amen. And what gets me is, these scribes in fact and, and Pharisees had the audacity to drag this woman out in front of everybody and think that Jesus is going to allow them to stone her to death in his presence. I said, they got a lot of nerve. Amen. Let's read the next verse. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Jesus looked at the woman and said, where are your accusers? And she said, Lord, I have none. Let's read the next, next scripture. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And Jesus was saying, they're not going to stone this woman. Not on my watch. And Jesus is telling some of you today, Go and sin no more. You may have made some mistakes. You may have had some trials. You may have had some tribulations. But he's saying, I forgive, I forgive you. He showed this woman love, forgiveness, and compassion. Amen? God is good. Hallelujah. And there's another woman that, uh, in the scripture that said, not so. And that's the woman with the issue of blood. She said, listen, I've spent all my money. I'm weak in my body. I'm tired. And I heard that Jesus is passing this way. And she said, I know that I'm unclean. I know I'm not even supposed to be in a crowd. 
But she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I know that I shall be made whole. And so she got in the press. She got in the crowd where Jesus was. And she finally reached him. And I know it was just a struggle. She just barely finally reached him. And she touched his garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Jesus, please. All these people, and you asking people, who touched you? Are you kidding me? We don't know who touched you. Jesus said, the very virtue has gone out of him. That woman was made whole from that very hour because she said, not so. I'm getting my healing today at any cost, by any means necessary. Amen. All right. Now, in this day and age that we're living in, we all need to have a not so anointing. And so I, uh, the Lord gave me these things to write down. So don't get mad at me. I've got to obey God. So in order to have a not-so-anointing, number one, you must make God a priority in your life. And how do I know he's not a priority in everybody's life? Because we put him last. Most of us, we put him last. Some of us couldn't get to church on time if our life depended on it. Now, I'm not talking about people that come from out of town because, you know, you don't know what kind of traffic you're going to get into. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about people that live in close proximity to the church. And you think church starts at 1130. Hallelujah. But you got to put in first. And you got to put in first in the small things. You got to start somewhere. And see, we go to work on time. We go to Doctors appoint us on time. We do everything we need to do for our flesh, man. We do it on time. But give God a priority. And when you make him a priority, then you can say, not so. Number two, you must spend time seeking God through prayer, meditation, and reading his word. Some of us need to dust our Bible off. Hallelujah. Even if you only can read one scripture a day, which is Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Meditate on that until you really know in your heart that he is your shepherd and you shall not lack for any good thing. Amen. Number three, you must be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. We got to apply the word to our own lives, not to somebody else's life. Apply it to me. Say, Lord, what is this word saying to me? What do I need to do to do better? Amen. Number four. Excuse me. We must watch our words. Refuse to speak negative. And see, this takes practice. Sometimes you'll say, oh, I'm so sick. Child, I'm so sick. And the devil hears that. You put that out in the atmosphere and the devil going to make you sick. Amen. Hallelujah. So we got to watch our words. And Psalms uh, 141 and 3 says, Set a watch, O God, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. And you know what that's basically saying? Shut up. 
Keep your mouth shut. Stay in your own lane. Get out of other people's business. Mind your own B-I-Z. Amen. Number five. Keep your focus on God and not on people. Why? Because God is the author and the finisher of your faith. And see, when you look and realize, nobody's got a heaven or hell to put you in. So focus on God, not on people. People didn't wake you up this morning. God's the one that gave you breath. Amen? Amen. Number six. Stop making excuses. All excuses went to Calvary. Just do whatever God is calling you to do. Amen. And see, most of us got some Nike gear. Nike got a billion dollar industry saying, just do it. We sport our gear. We wear it. We buy it when we go to the gym or go to Planet Fitness. So if you can do that in the natural, why can't you do what God is calling you to do? He may tell you, just call somebody. Just encourage somebody. Just send a card. Just give somebody a smile. How come you just can't do that? Amen. We got to stop making excuses. We all can do better. Start with me. Amen. And I'm talking about how to cultivate a not so anointed. Number seven. We have to allow the fruit of the spirit to daily operate in our lives. Every day, not just some of the time. We got to allow them to work every single day. And we know the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. We have to allow that stuff to work in our lives. And so throughout this coming week, I want each of us to tell the devil, Not so. Not on my watch. Amen. Amen. We can stand to our feet. I agree. Mother Mitchell, you can stay up there. We're going to pray. People out, you can stay up there with me. I agree. There's some things we just can't stand for, and with the help of God, we will do so. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear gracious heavenly father, God, we speak not so we will not be defeated. We will not be broken. We will not be backslidden. Whatever is trying to come at us, we say not so not on our watch and all these things that we've been taught on how to cultivate this anointing. So that means not just today, but for the duration of this year and the remainder of our lives that we have a focus and an attitude that says not so to whatever the devil wants to do in our lives. And we give you praise and we love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Somebody shout with me. Say not so. Not so. Amen. God bless you.